Welcome to the Course in Miracles podcast. Before the ayahuasca, before... Course in Miracles podcast. Lesson 140, another awesome lesson. And I believe that there's another review coming up after this lesson. I could be wrong. Yep, review four, right around the corner. So 140, 280, three, we're well past the third of the way mark. The next milestone will be the halfway mark. We will be halfway through the course in another 40 lessons, 40-something lessons, 43-ish lessons, something like that. And... You're all doing great. So we are continuing to undo the thinking of the ego. We are tuning in our thinking with spirit. We are listening to stories from the student, the student being me, the broadcaster of how this stuff works in his life, how it even works in dramatic situations, potentially life-threatening situations. Situations involving broken bones and hospitals and ambulances. This stuff is no joke. So thanks to each and every one of you. I did notice the download numbers have come down. So the download numbers have gone from about 150 per episode to 135 per episode episode. So we've lost about 15 listeners, which it's okay. This is the time where it is very predictable that you would quit or put the book away for seven years or not listen to the podcast for like three months and then feel stupid for doing that and then not want to get started again and then wonder if you should go all the way back to the beginning and start again and then doing that and then only making it to like lesson 15 and then putting the book away for another year and then picking it up again and starting all over again and recommitting and saying you'll do it this time and then not doing it and then finally deciding that you have to do a podcast or something to guarantee that you do the entire thing. All of that, my friends, is entirely normal, entirely perfect, entirely uh, still deserve. You're still deserving of God's love. You're not doing anything wrong. I think I told you I put the book away for, I put the course away for about five, at least five years. I want to say closer to seven years, and. I knew which lesson I had stopped off. I had stopped off on or dropped off on. I believe that it was lesson like 269. And so I just did like this. I just kind of did my own review and got myself up to speed. And you could do something like that. There, are no, there aren't really any rules. Um, just like they say in the 12-step programs, there are no rules. These are just all suggestions. So just do your best, miracle workers. And go with the flow, stay connected to spirit. God's voice speaks to you all through the day if you let it. So the clearest thing that God said to me earlier today was, Dave, don't ever have your phone in your car. Put it in the trunk. Put it in your trunk when you're driving around. Don't ever use it for anything because inevitably you will end up texting and driving. Inevitably you will start shuffling around the music. Inevitably somebody will call and in the process of them calling, you'll be fumbling around looking for your headphones so you can put them on while you're driving. And 
then you would get distracted and you could crash. Very clear message from Spirit Dave. Hey, no texting and driving, no phoning and driving, period. Just put it in the trunk and then see the freedom that is afforded to you as the result of doing that. Simple things like that in this day and age give you gigantic advantage over the rest of the population. Okay, without further ado, only salvation can be said to cure. Lesson 140. So this might be another anti-vax-ish lesson. Can pills cure? No. Can drugs cure? No. Only salvation can be said to cure. Cure, quote, unquote, cure is a word that cannot be applied to any remedy the world accepts as beneficial. What the world perceives as therapeutic is but what will make the body, quote, better. When it tries to heal the mind, it sees no separation from the body where it thinks the mind exists. Its forms of healing thus must substitute, must substitute illusion for illusion. One belief in sickness takes another form, and so the patient now perceives himself as well. So in other words, everything is the placebo effect. And I just read a book by Dr. Joe Dispenso, Dispenza entitled The Placebo Effect. Fascinating stuff. So much has to do with the power. It, has, it deals obviously a lot with the power of mind. He is not healed. He merely had a dream that he was sick, and in the dream he found a magic formula to make him well. Yet he was not awakened from the dream, and so his mind remains exactly as it was before. He has not seen the light that would awaken him and end the dream. What difference does the content of a dream make in reality? One either sleeps or wakens. There is nothing in between. The happy dreams the Holy Spirit brings are different from the dreaming of the world where one can merely dream he is awake. The dream's, forgiveness lets the, the dream's forgiveness lets the mind perceive do not induce another form of sleep, so that the dreamer dreams another dream. His dreams are heralds of the dawn of truth upon the mind. They lead from sleep to gentle waking so that dreams are gone, and thus they cure for all eternity. And thus they cure for all eternity. That's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful stuff. So they lead from sleep to gentle waking, and thus they cure for all eternity. Atonement heals with certainty and cures all sickness. From the mind which understands that sickness can be nothing but a dream is not deceived by forms the dream may take. Sickness where guilt is absent cannot come for it is but another form of guilt. Atonement does not heal the sick, for that is not a cure. It takes away the guilt that makes the sickness possible. And this, that is cure indeed. For sickness now is gone with nothing left to which it can return. Peace be to you have been, who have been cured in God and not in idle dreams. For cure must come from holiness, and holiness cannot be found where sin is cherished. God abides in holy temples. He is barred where, sins ha where sin has entered, yet there is no place where he is not, and therefore sin can have no home in which to hide from his beneficence. There is no place where holiness is not, and nowhere sin and sickness can abide. This is the thought that cures. It does not make distinctions among, un among unrealities, nor does it seek to heal what is not sick, unmindful where the need for healing is. This is no magic. It is merely an appeal to truth which cannot fail to heal and heal forever. 
It is not a thought that judges an illusion by its size, its seeming gravity, or anything that is related to take to the form it takes. It merely focus on, focuses on what it is and knows that no illusion can be real. Let us not try today to seek the cure what cannot suffer sickness. I'm going to read that again. Let us not try today to, to seek to cure what cannot suffer sickness. Healing must be sought, but where it is, and then applied to what is sick so that it can be cured. There is no remedy the world provides that can affect a change in anything. The mind that brings allusions to the truth is really changed. There is no change but this. For how can one illusion different from another but in attributes that have no substance, no reality, no core, and nothing that is truly different? Today we seek to change our minds about the source of sickness, for we seek a cure from all illusions, not another shift among them. We will try today to find the source of healing, which is in our minds, because our Father placed it there for us. It is not farther from us than ourselves. It is as near to us as our own thoughts, so close it is impossible to lose. We need but seek it, and it must be found. We will not be misled today by what appears to us as sick. We go beyond appearances today and reach the source of healing from which nothing is exempt. We will succeed to the extent to which we realize that there can be never be a meaningful distinction made between what is untrue and equally untrue. Here there are no degrees and no beliefs that what does not exist is truer in some forms than another. All of them are false and can be cured because they are not true. So in the extreme form, uh, cancer isn't real. It's just part of the illusion. And so giving chemotherapy to the cancer is really just a, a rearrangement of that illusion in the extreme form. Um, this stuff has been known to cure that sort of thing. There was a couple I knew in Chicago in the recovery community and they told this story about how she was going in for breast cancer surgery one morning, and she was supposed to have, I believe, a double mastectomy, and they prayed the night before, they put it in God's hands, and when they went in the next day, there was no sign at all of cancer. And the closer you get to God, the closer you get to a God-centered community, the more stories like this you hear. That's just one story. Chalk it up to chance. Uh, interpret it however you'd like. I'm just saying those are the facts as I understand them. Maybe they made it up. I don't know. I don't think they did. I don't think they would. So do we lay aside our amulets, our charms, and medicines, our chants and bits of magic in whatever form they take. We will, still, we will be still and listen for the voice of healing, which will cure all ills as one, restoring saneness to the Son of God. No voice but this can cure. Today we hear a single voice which speaks to us of truth, where all illusion ends, and peace returns to the eternal, quiet home of God. God. We wake in hearing him, 
and let him speak to us five minutes as the day begins and end the day by listening again five minutes more before we go to sleep. Our only preparation is to let our interfering thoughts be laid aside, not separately, but all of them as one. They are the same. We, need no need, we have no need to make them different and thus delay the time when we can hear our Father speak to us. We hear him now. We come to him today. With nothing in our hands to which we cling, we lift, with lifted hearts and listening minds we pray. Only salvation can be said to cure. Speak to us, Father, that we may be healed. And we will feel salvation cover us with soft protection and with peace so deep that no illusion can disturb our minds nor offer proof to us that it is real. This will, this will we learn today, and we will say our prayer for healing hourly and take a minute as the hour strikes to hear the answer to our prayer be given us as we attend in silence and in joy. This is the day when healing comes to us. This is the day when separation ends and we remember who we really are. Only salvation can be said to cure. What we are doing with this course is aligning our thinking again with the thinking of the Holy Spirit, and in doing so, we are getting out of the way so that God can perform the miraculous in our lives. This can very well include feel, uh, healing from physical illness. Do not rule that out. It does say in the course that until you get close enough to God, until you have a more profound experience of this or, or a, a, like a sort of like a fundamentally shifted experience that, you know, Advil for pain is a good idea, right? So we're not ruling this stuff out. We are not employing magical thinking. We are not spiritually bypassing. We are not going to the doctor and refusing the medicine, although we can. The Course in Miracles podcast does not give medical advice. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next time. Bye-bye.